You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Alexa, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Excited to be back with you guys. Took last week off, was traveling for work, just kind of a slow period in the NBA schedule, but we're about four weeks away from media day for your New Orleans Pelicans, which means we need to start ramping things back up. So I'm going to try and be with you here all week as we really dive into everything you need to know about this Pelicans team. We're going to have some fun during this week as well. I was just in New York, looked at, uh, got a chance to pop into the NBA store and We'll talk about what I saw in there. Not disappointing, but kind of unsurprising, and maybe that's the disappointing thing in and of itself. We'll talk about that in the second segment here. First part of this podcast, we're going to look at the schedule, kind of the nitty-gritty stuff with it. Uh, We're going to look at where the Pelicans are on the road a lot, where they're going to be at home a lot. Do they have a rest advantage in the majority of games or a disadvantage in the majority of games? How many back-to-backs they have? How much travel do they have involved? That's usually the biggest one that people kind of want to look at at. We're going to break all that down for you. The rest of the week, we'll take times looking at maybe the top 10 home games, top 10 road games, biggest, toughest stretches where they have maybe the easiest stretch, different things like that. So we'll cover the schedule over the course of the week and kind of break it up and make these kind of bite-sized chunks. And again, we're going to have some fun on this because we've got to ramp up for this NBA season uh, as we get started. It's going to be mid-October when it's going to tip off, and that means training camp, that means preseason, that means media day is just around the corner. So the NBA released its schedule a little over a week ago, and yeah, I'm a little bit late in getting to cover this, but let's dive into it right now because there's a lot going on with it. And obviously, if you haven't looked at it yet, go take a look, and we can kind of get an idea of maybe how the Pelicans are going to fare this year. But I want to give you guys some of an idea on what's going on here with this team because I think it's kind of interesting to look at some of the things. The first thing I want you guys to look at here is miles traveled during this season. New Orleans has actually is going to travel 46,731 miles this season. That's between games. Um, it's not an exact number if you want to count getting in the bus and getting from the airport into the hotel and to but all that. But anyway, that's the distance between the cities and the airports and everything like that. That's actually the fewest out of all Western Conference teams. By comparison, you've got Portland traveling close to 8,000 miles more than the Pelicans are. They're traveling 54,297. No surprise being from Portland, though sometimes they have that kind of an easier thing depending on who's at home versus who's away. So they're traveling a whole lot more, and it's all Eastern Conference teams after the Pelicans in terms of distance traveled. Again, New Orleans is in the Western Conference, but really they're closer to the East Coast. So it's no surprise to see that they're traveling more than these other Eastern Conference teams, but usually that means a high number of travel for them going out to, say, LA, to Portland. That adds a good bit to the distance covered by this New Orleans team, but actually they're in a pretty good spot being in the bottom half of that. So that's kind of nice to see for this team. The other thing people want to see is back-to-back games for them. The average back-to-back, uh, the average number of back-to-back games that the team plays this season is 13.3 
Well, New Orleans is on the lower side of that. 13 back-to-back -back games. Basically, it no team plays more than 15, so at least they're kind of on the right side of it. So it's not nearly as bad. Worth noting, only nine of those back-to-backs involve travel. They have four back-to-back -back home games. So one home game one night, then the next home game the next night where there's no travel at all. That's a significant advantage for New Orleans. And they have four of those this coming season. So only nine back-to-backs that uh, require travel at all. So that's also a good thing. Something to also look at when it comes to this schedule is rest advantage and then rest disadvantage. These numbers can be a little bit misleading because, and they've done studies on this, and a lot of this comes from the positive residual, is if you look at a team that's on two nights of rest versus a team with just one night of rest, well, that doesn't really give you much of a difference in there. And actually, the teams with two nights rest actually played a little bit worse on average than the one night of rest team. So you've got to look at something called true rest, which is a stat that they look at, where basically... It's the Pelicans have a day or two off versus a team that's on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. So where do you get an advantage there? There's teams that have as many as 15 of those. That's the Clippers. The Pelicans have nine. Eight and nine is where the majority of NBA teams have um, the true rest advantage. So maybe they're a little bit on the lower end of things, but it's not nearly as bad because there's some teams with eight. The Knicks and the um, Bulls only have seven of those. So New Orleans there is right around the average. That makes you feel a little bit good. If you want to just look at rest advantages, the Pelicans have 21 games with a rest advantage right in the middle of the league. There are some teams that has as few as 16. Then you've got the Timberwolves who actually have 26. So it's not too bad there. Rest disadvantages is not so great for New Orleans. They have 24 rest disadvantages where the opponent has more rest than they do in terms of days. And, you know, that's in the higher end. The team with the fewest, of course, is going to be the Warriors um, there. And then you've got a team like Minnesota and the Pacers who have 15. The Warriors have 14. That's kind of the nitty gritty of the schedule right there. Some of the things to keep in mind, though, which is really fun, is the Pelicans are on national TV 13 times throughout this season. Of course, it's going to be the opener against Houston on ESPN. Then you've got matchups against Minnesota, Oklahoma City, the Lakers on December 21st. That's on the road at Golden State in January. Portland at um, on the road as well before you get Minnesota at home. The Lakers, again, on the road. And then those are all on ESPN. TNT has five Pelicans games. Portland, Memphis, Houston, Oklahoma City, and Milwaukee. And then, of course, that's a great thing to see. So a lot more nationally televised games for this team, which makes a lot of sense when you consider the season that they had, making it to the second round, a sweep in the first round. That's going to be a big thing. And then I'm going to steal from our friend uh, Jim Eichenhofer here uh, of Pelicans.com, looking at some of these things here. 18 of the Pelicans' 41 games at the Smoothie King Center are going to be on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Awesome. That usually means better attendance. People turn out, assuming the team is good. Most home games, of course, are going to be at 7 p.m., where then you've got the, uh, a couple of the six games, which are a little bit earlier as well on Sunday, so that kind of changes it. 
The Pelicans' longest homestand is going to be five games from March 24th through April 3rd, where the Pelicans play Houston, Atlanta, Sacramento, the Lakers, and Charlotte. Those are some good teams to have at home when you've got a whole bunch of rest. And the Pelicans have two five-game road trips, October 29th through November 5th, Denver, Golden State, Portland, San Antonio, and Oklahoma City. That comes, you know, around after their first home stretch of the season. We'll touch on that in a second. And then January 20, uh, 12th through 21st, stopping in Minnesota, the Clippers, Gold State, Portland at Memphis. So that is a good bit um, when it comes to those travel games and road trips. And of course, don't forget about the Mardi Gras road trip that the Pelicans go on annually. That is February 27th to March Fourth, of course, with everything, you've just got to get out of town, and the Pelicans have traditionally done this, and it starts with them playing on the road at the Lakers, then at Phoenix, at Denver, and at Utah um, before coming back, and maybe they'll be able to see some of the Mardi Gras parades, and maybe you'll get to see someone riding in one again because that was a lot of fun when it was the former Pelican DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis riding in Zulu. So the Pelicans have had a rough start to the past number of years. They went 6-6 six and six through the first 12 games last year, and that was a very big improvement for them. So getting off to a good start, particularly in this hyper-competitive Western Conference right now, is going to be vitally important for this team. So in a moment, I want to look at just the start of their schedule before over the next couple of days we start breaking down a little bit more. But before I do that... Make sure you guys are listening to Locked On Saints. Yes, there's a Locked On Saints that comes to you Monday through Friday as my dog ones in the background that is hosted by Ross Jackson. Monday through Friday, know what's going on in training camp. It's a lot to keep up with 18 people tweeting the same training camp updates and plays, and it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you just want to know who looked good, who played well. Is there anything important to take away from Hill being a terrible backup quarterback in a preseason game? Ross Jackson's going to have it covered for you guys over at Locked on Saints, so make sure you listen and subscribe Monday through Friday to Locked on Saints. So the past number of years, the Pelicans have gotten off to an absolutely terrible, terrible start to the year. In in order, it goes one and eleven, two and ten, before going six and six this past season. So uh, that's a significantly better start, just going five hundred than it has been the past couple of years. And you don't want to dig yourself into an early hole like that, particularly in this hyper competitive Western Conference. So after the tough opening game on ESPN uh, to start the season at Houston, as again, my dog's making noise and sorry about that. The Pelicans get their next four games at the Smoothie King Center, and you've got three lottery teams in there. You've got the Kings, then the Clippers, then Brooklyn, before a tough one against the Utah Jazz, but at least those are all at home, and that maybe puts the Pelicans in a situation where they can go something like 4-1 and one to start the regular season. I think even 3-2 and two would be good at that point. Now, after those first six games, if you want to look at, say, or sorry, those first five games, it still gets a bit tough. Then they're on the road for a little bit, taking on Denver, then the Warriors, then Portland, the Spurs, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So all of a sudden, you go up against playoff-esque teams from last season. So the good comes with the bad as well. The Pelicans staying above 500 during that stretch, or at least after the road trip part of that being at 500, I think is going to be a big step in determining how far this team can go in the Western Conference. We're all penciling them in right now. There's no doubt in my mind about that, and I don't think there's any doubt in anyone else's mind about that. It's still just going to be tough, and you want to make things easier by not having that 2-10 and 10 start. So what can they do through the first 
12 games of the season might give us a little bit more insight to this team. But of course, we've got to wait for the games to start with that. So something I do want to talk about and something I experienced kind of earlier in the week was I was in New York for work and I had some time between meetings and I managed to pop into the NBA store. Got to get some of that sweet, sweet Pelican swag. There's not a whole lot in there. And not that there would be expected. You've got a couple of players you want stuff from, say Anthony Davis, maybe Drew Holiday. I think they had a number of boogie jerseys and things like that on very much clearance alongside, you know, a lot of other people. It was a whole lot of LeBron gear. But I'm not here to talk about that. We all know that those things just kind of come and go. And I mean, LeBron's going to be the top selling jersey this year. And by the way, as a former guy from Los Angeles, looking at the 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 form, the gold, the, the yellow jerseys with the throwback lettering and styling looks so damn awesome. I will not lie. Um, besides the point. But one thing I did when I was going around there was looking at all kind of the awesome throwback gear you can buy. The throwback jerseys, the throwback uh, hats with the different logos, things like that. And I, I swear to God, I almost bought an old Ray Allen Milwaukee Bucks jersey that kind of has the almost like psychedelic deer on it on the front. Maybe I'll tweet out a picture of it because that was really cool. And then I thought, when, when am I going to ever wear this? Um, and I wouldn't, so I didn't end up buying it. Also, it's expensive. But the Pelicans really don't have anything, or the New Orleans franchise, I noticed, doesn't really have any throwback stuff. Not that they should. They haven't been here for a very long time, and they've been the Hornets, then the Pelicans, you can maybe count the jazz if you want to do that too. But the only jazz player you're going to buy anything from, of course, is going to be from Pistol Pete, which they did have in there. But it's kind of disappointing that they don't. You can't get kind of that cool throwback stuff, which would be a lot of fun to have. And it's one of those things where if you buy one of those jerseys or shirts or hats or whatever, you're never worried about that player leaving or being traded because at this point it's kind of a throwback thing. Um, so I think that's kind of the nice thing to have. You never need to worry about your DeMarcus Cousins jersey, you know, or that same feeling that you're going to have. Well, maybe they trade, it gets traded or leaves or what have you, and then you're going to burn it potentially and do all of that crazy stuff with it. It's nice to have just evergreen things like a Steve Gleason Saints jersey, I think is definitely one now too. Drew Brees will be there, of course, as well. But like anyone, when he wears an Archie, buys an Archie Manning Saints jersey, you're safe. You're good. You don't need to worry about that whatsoever. And the Pelicans are kind of missing that. And they just don't have all the cool kind of weird shit that the NBA has done throughout its history here. And that's kind of disappointing to see as well. So I wanted to ask you guys, what's your like go-to throwback New Orleans basketball franchise item is there one is it an Emeka Okafor Mardi Gras jersey which I've seen a ton of this past season with him being back on the team and it's kind of fun what do you go with is it the New Orleans Jazz Pistol Pete that's a good one I think is there another Hornets player something like that and let's keep it to just New Orleans time so Charlotte Hornets period doesn't count but let me know on Twitter at Nola Jake what your favorite throwback item is and keeping in mind the feedback and things like that, you guys have a lot of questions, I'm sure. So again, let me know on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. You can also email it. It's lockedonpels at gmail.com. But one thing I want to do, and we can get your voices on here, assuming you guys are all polite and, and happy people, is I'm going to set up a voicemail where you can call in your question and leave me a voicemail, and we can play the questions on here, and then I can answer it. You can give me your name, your Twitter handle, whatever you want in there as well, and answer, ask your question, kind of do it a little bit more radio show 
show like, which I think will be fun over the next couple of weeks. Maybe if you leave a good enough question, we can build an episode around that. So keep an eye out for that. I'll tweet it out. And when I have that set up, I'll give you guys the number out here uh, on the podcast as well. So something to keep in mind going forward as we get some feedback, have some fun. But in the meantime, it's your favorite throwback item. Again, I, you know, for that, or what's your just favorite throwback item in general, I think would be kind of a cool question, even if it isn't just with the Pelicans or this NBA franchise. Let me know on Twitter again, at Nola Jake. So thank you all for listening. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Happy to be back. You can hear the energy in my voice, which has probably been lacking throughout times this offseason, but I'm happy to be back. I'm excited as we start to ramp things up. This is going to be a lot of fun. So let's enjoy our time throughout the rest of this offseason. Have some fun with it. Be happy before this real season starts and we start getting upset over losses. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow to break down the schedule a little bit bit more.